Welcome to Recalibrate. This is a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship. Our hope is to create a moment where you get to take a look at your life through the lens of Christ's teaching and recalibrate. Today I want to go on with another way that people approach healing. They look into the scripture, they're desperate to see what God did in days gone by happen again. And so they look for keys as to what are we missing? Why is it that we're not seeing the healings and the miracles take place today? Another approach that people take to this is what I would call the atonement view for healing. Some people believe that healing is included in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. Now, when I say some people, I'm going to be very honest with you again. There was a period of my life that I also believed that adamantly. That healing is included in the atoning work of Jesus Christ. What we mean by that is in Isaiah chapter 53, which is the passage on the suffering servant, it is one of the most significant passages to define what happened when Jesus died upon the cross. You know the passage because it's often read in Easter. 53, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. That's the key line there, isn't it? When you go through this passage, you you see it's talking about that Jesus, before he went to the cross, he was wounded and his bones were broken. Uh, He was bruised and beaten up. And he was chastised. And all of this is that he is what, they, what we call propitiation. He is standing in the place of us and he is receiving the punishment that was due to us upon himself. And as he took the punishment, he was actually taking our transgressions as his body was broken. He was taking our iniquities as he was beaten. He was taking the, the lack of our, the loss of our peace due to our sins as he was chastised and mocked and, and accused. That is pretty powerful stuff. And it's on the basis of this passage that when we come uh, for Christ, for salvation, that we have confidence that Jesus will forgive, that Jesus will remove our transgressions, that Jesus will remove our iniquities, that Jesus will restore our relationship with God, that peace might come back to us. So this this passage is quoted again in the New Testament at least twice because it's such a, a, a summation, an Old Testament prophecy that prophesied what the Lamb of God was going to accomplish. And, and we, we often... Um, celebrate this and talk about this. And if somebody comes forward for salvation, we will say you can know that Jesus will forgive you for your sins because this passage of atonement in the Old Testament shows us what his death has gained for us. And therefore we come boldly, you notice that, we come boldly and ask the Lord to forgive us for our sins. Where does that boldness to ask for forgiveness come from? It comes from the Old Testament scriptures prophesying what Jesus would do, and then the New Testament writers and apostles expounding on that and explaining that to us. 
So when I preach or anybody else's preach, we just got so much conviction in our souls that if you would call upon the name of the Lord with everything within you, if you would, if you would ask him and you believe that he is the son of God and he's the one that can forgive for sins and you call upon him, it's not a haphazard hope it might happen kind of thing. It's an absolute. His death has done all of this. It's broken transgressions. It's broken sins. It's broken iniquities. Hallelujah. That's absolutely fantastic. But in the same way, that passage finishes up when the last line by saying, and by his stripes, we are healed. And so many have taken this passage and they see that word healing there. And they say, wait a minute, in the same way that Jesus's punishment and Jesus's um, Christ's um, abuse and uh, uh, a torture that he underwent before he went to the cross in the same way that that, that pr was paying for the price of our sins in the same way as he was whipped and the stripes were put across his back that has paid for our healing in other words the same confidence that we have that when I ask the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive me for my sins because of his atoning death, I know that he will forgive me for the sins. In the same way, the passage says that uh, by his stripes, I can know that he will heal. That healing is an absolute. It's as absolute as forgiveness of sins is because of the atonement. It's not just an idea. It's not just uh, a principle that God does from time to time. No, it's inherently in the promise of the atonement. And therefore, when we come and pray, uh, we, we, we need to pray with absolute faith, absolute confidence, not in ourselves, not in faith, but in the work of the cross, that it is provided for healing of the body. Now, I need to say right here before I go any further that there, this is both true and untrue. <laughs> it's got elements of truth in it, but in its totality, it is not true. When you read this passage um, and it says, by his stripes he is healed, you have to get it in context. Now, again, for many years, I believe the literal, that when it says, by his stripes we are healed, it literally is talking about physical healing. And so, therefore, I saw healing as part of the atonement. And therefore, when I would pray for the sick, I would always pray, Lord, by your stripes we are healed. And Jesus, just as you've saved us, now heal us. That's how bold and confident I, I was. But as I've grown in my faith, I've come to realize that that's not a good interpretation of this passage. It's got to do with context. Wounded for transgressions, bruised for iniquities, chastised for the loss of our peace or chastised for our sin, and by his stripes we are healed. The healing there, if you look at the context of the three things that happened before it, transgressions, iniquities, and sin that has broken our peace, it's all to do with spiritual issues. And so when it says, by his stripes we are healed, I think the right, correct understanding of that context is a spiritual healing. This was written for the Jewish people. Healing there means the healing of the nation, the healing of the covenant. And so when it says, by his stripes we are healed, I do not believe this passage in any way is talking about physical healing. That the, the atonement does not inherently promise physical healing. 
The, the, it is an outcome of the atonement. It is a fruit of the atonement. It is a work of the atonement, but it is not inherent in the atonement. It is the salvation of the soul that is inherent in the atonement. It is the forgiveness of sins that is inherent in the atonement. But, it, but healing is not actually a core part of that. Now, I don't want you to get me wrong. The atonement does something quite remarkable. It breaks the curse of Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned, they brought sin into the world. And as Paul the Apostle says, sin brought death. And part of that death was a literal death, but it was the process of dying as well, which is sickness and diseases. And so even in Scripture, even in the Old Testament, there's this idea that the curse brings sickness and the blessing brings life and health. And with, the, with Adam and Eve, they brought into the world the curse and sickness came into humanity. Sickness came actually not just into humanity. It came into the animals of the world. It came even into the world itself, creation itself. And that is the curse but Jesus died upon the tree, and the Bible says the one who dies upon the tree breaks the curse. And so Jesus broke the curse of Adam and Eve through this atoning death, and you see it here in this scripture. And so therefore, through his death, the curse is broken. And when the curse is broken, the effects of the curse are now going to be changed. I'll give you an example. Let's say a person had a tumor, a cancer tumor in their body. And the surgeons come and they remove that cancer from their body. The sin is the cancer, as a metaphor. But what they still have to do is, don't they, they still have to go through the entire body and check the blood and use chemotherapy to kill off any cells in the body that are not, not actually part of the, um, the, 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 the the tumor anymore, but have got free and loose through the body. And that's how I would illustrate it. The cross deals with our transgressions, iniquities. The cross breaks the curse over us. We are now in blessing. However, the effects of the curse are still at work in this world. Now, as we walk in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and as we walk in the grace of the Holy Spirit, we begin to see the blessing of God begin to work and even change the effects of the curse, which would be sickness and disease. So the cross does provide a way for healing, but it's not an inherent promise. It's not an inherent um, attribute where you can say, because of the cross, I am guaranteed that I'm going to be healed. We can say because of the cross, the curse has been broken and the healing power of God is now flowing to me as a blessing. And by the grace of God, I'm believing the Lord is going to do a work of healing in my life. But it's not a guarantee of the cross. Now, the cross does guarantee that when we get to heaven, we shall be changed. That's the ultimate expression of the cross is that we'll be given new bodies, same bodies, but remade bodies with no more sickness and no more disease. Hallelujah. So that you can see the cross there has its ultimate effect in the glory of God. And leading up to that time, we can expect to see the kingdom of God, which is breaking the effects of the curse, also at work in us, giving opportunity to healing. That's why I believe as Christians, we should have an expectancy for, for healing. Not because the cross has um, inherently given it to us, but the effects of the cross 
are starting to outweigh the effects of sin that has been in our lives for so long. And the curse has been broken, and the kingdom of God is now invading the kingdom of darkness. And we need to be a people of expectancy to see the kingdom of God at work, even destroying the effects of sin in this world and our lives. We should expect to see the kingdom of God changing through our hands, changing the world around us, changing relationships, changing families. This idea of healing goes way beyond physical. It's the idea that the kingdom of God is invading and taking back what the enemy stole from me. Hallelujah. I love that. And so I would say to us that in this area, this theology of the atonement is, um, can really play with your mind, and it's not a biblical theology. However, I would say that as I have experienced the journey of faith and journey of believing God for healing in people's lives, two things to remember. One is that I think that when you are praying for healing for people, um, it is very helpful to center your thoughts upon Christ. See, when people pray for healing, they often so often are thinking about the sickness, they're thinking about some kind of emotional feeling that they might feel. I feel when you're praying for sick people, emotional feelings are not important at all. What's important is to center yourself in the victory of Jesus Christ. Because it's in Christ that we believe healing flows. And it's not so much a victory that the sin has been destroyed, but a covenantal position. I am in covenant with God because of the cross. And because I'm in covenant God and a child of God, I can ask as a child and ask in as a child because the blood covers me. My father hears me and healing can flow. So it's a position in the cross that who I am that allows the healing power of God to be administered because I'm coming as a child of God, completely covered and cloaked in the blood of Jesus Christ. So yes, the cross does provide for healing in one way, but not in the way that people have interpreted that scripture. It's not an inherent right. It's part of a new covenant we have with God where we can approach God as a child before the Father. And because he's the almighty God, all things are possible, and he loves to bless his children. That's why in healing, I, I think that we have to have this attitude. It's a revelation of the cross, how much God loves us. And he said, listen, if, if your father, earthly fathers will give you good gifts, how much more would your heavenly father give them? It's the cross that brings us into that covenant with the father, and then healing flows from that covenant, from that relationship with God. That's why often we often do the Lord's table in our church, because I love the Lord's table. It's an opportunity to center in upon Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. And we love to do prayer for healing after the Lord's table, because when people are reminded that they are covered by the blood of Christ, that they are standing righteous before God, it gives them a boldness and a confidence to come and ask as children of God for healing to flow. And we often see healings flow after the Lord's table because we've positioned ourselves in the cross and the covenant which we're in to receive the blessings and goodness of God in our lives. Whew, you can tell I'm pumped about this. This is so exciting. And so this is so crucial principle here to not get it wrong and to make it a demand thing, but to realize that the cross has opened a door. However, having said all of this, you will notice again that this is all very personal in many ways. And yes, I do believe that when people more and more walk in the cross and the covenant, I do believe the more you understand the covenant and that healing is um, one of the many things that God will do in our lives as part of the covenant, 
that you will see more healing take place. I think a lot of people come to God without that confidence that they are children of God and they feel like there's some kind of punishment even behind the sickness that they have. I, I find a lot of people when they get sick subconsciously feel like it's a judgment. Hey, you've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's broken the curse. You're a child of God. And I think as children of God, we should ask boldly, for blessing because he loves to bless his children and that's where i think the healing flows from and i think you can flow more in healing the more that you understand that you're a child of god through covenant through christ breaking the curse well the lord bless you and we'll come back again and continue on this journey of healing we want to thank you for joining us on recalibrate today for more information please check out our website at crcfchurch.com